Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I am your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley. We talked quite a bit yesterday about the Avs draft and development process, which was an interesting conversation in and of itself. If you haven't watched that episode, highly recommend you check it out. Um, I think AJ and I are a little bit higher than a lot of the general public on the Avs draft and development, but there are still quite a bit of expectations there of getting NHL out of their current prospects. And that's what we wanted to talk about today. When it comes down to it, every NHL team, to a certain extent, has to be able to build from within. And that could be the difference between success and failure, for the most part. Look, the Avs are quite strong. We've talked about it a lot. We think they could potentially win a cup with their roster as is. But if they don't, or if they want to extend their window as long as possible, it comes down to getting NHLers out of their draft picks. It does. And if you look at the most recent, uh, you look at the most recent cup champion, you know, they've been good for a long time because they had the stars. They had the horses, Yep. you know, their Stamkos headman combination, McKinnon and McCarr are going to be around for a while. So they're going to be, the abs are going to be competitive. They're going to be involved in things. They're going to be at least, playoff level of competitive while those guys are at the peak of their powers but it's it's what they get beyond that that could make the difference you know again looking at tampa bay look at look at some of their homegrown guys that ended up becoming huge contributors for them in guys like Braden point anthony sorelli you know not not to mention the triplets you know, you have those those guys helped, you know, the triplets helped put them on the map, right? But the Point and Sorelli, those, you know, Kalorn, those guys helped push them over the top. For sure. It was, it was, it was, they were really, really good. And then they got, they got even better. You know, they made the right moves at the NHL level, trusted their own process, and weren't afraid to promote and put their own young guys in positions to be impact players for them. 100%. It, I mean, look at where the Avs have made it with their current core so far. Two round two game sevens, right? Um, one goal from a Martin Count. One goal from a... Shane Bowers, whatever, Bowen Byram, whoever you want to put in there, could well have been the difference in in getting them to a conference finals. Yep. So it's it's very real that – and it it goes – I should put it this way. It goes beyond the big-name prospects. A lot of the times it's about getting a a second-rounder, a third-rounder, one of those other draft picks successfully into the NHL that could make the difference, whether it be for their ability or just to have an NHL player on an ELC, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the I, I, I've said a few times that I think the abs three years from now could be better than the abs are today. Yep. Um, between the maturation of Byram and Timmons, not to mention you know, three years from now, we're going to be talking Justin Barron seriously um, or asking what happened. One of the two, (laughs) Um, the, between those guys, but also you have Alex Newhook. Uh, I think, I think Newhook probably has a higher ceiling than what Kadri has given in the NHL, just in terms of production, their style will be different. Um, you know, I think I don't. I don't know that Newhook puts up thirty goal seasons the way that Kadri has, but I think I think he could definitely surpass the point totals, despite being two C behind uh, behind McKinnon. You know, ideally long term. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's a there's a decent chance that those guys that that this group of prospects pushes them into a more 
a more well-rounded competitive place than they are even today. Yeah, I certainly, that's what we're, that's what we're here to talk about. Yep. So do we, do we want to address what's going on in the chat right now? Uh, sure. I mean, first of all, you're really, you're really making me believe in you with the name big chungus lover 69. I mean, (laughs) you, you feel like my poop feast 420 at that point. Oh, (laughs) a classic. What a callback. (laughs) I'm sorry. He asks a great question. (laughs) Uh, first of all, I don't believe Dallas is for real at all. If I don't either, and I'm about the best teams in the West. I'm less concerned about the Canucks coming up as well. Same, their cap um, trouble is real. <laughs> their cap trouble already cost them Tyler Toffoli. So take that guy out of their playoff lineup. They they got worse. Uh, they got more well rounded because Nate Schmidt is good. Uh, he's legit. But what's next for them? You have to continue to get better. Did Nate Schmidt alone? get Vancouver into the the Vegas Colorado tier? No. Because Vegas added Petrangelo and Colorado added Taves and Sod. Yep. Both both Vegas and Colorado got better. The other side of, of Vancouver's problem is they're essentially betting on Thatcher Demko being the man with thirty seven NHL games played. And their backup plan is is Braden Holpe who Look, he's a he's a solid veteran guy, but his numbers are not division winning numbers in the past three years. Yeah, he's, he's had one truly bad year and then two slightly below average years in goal for Washington recently. Yeah. So, I and while I would agree, Vegas is Vegas is a legitimate concern. If if those two teams played each other in the postseason right now, um. I think it's a toss-up. That's the, one, the projected Western Conference final. So <laughs> the one, the one area where you would say Colorado has the advantage is quick. Name yep. their center depth. Name name who Vegas has down the middle. Maybe that scares you. Play down the middle these days because it's right now it's William Carlson and maybe Chandler Stevenson. I mean, I. To be honest, I don't, it's not even down the middle. If you look at their top sixes, the Avs' high end is is significantly better than what Vegas has to offer. I mean, the look the the combination of Stone, Pacioretty, and Carlson is legit. That's that's. Look, I'm not knocking. A, I'm not saying their top six is bad. I'm saying the Avs have one of the best top sixes in the league. No, I'm 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 agreeing with you. I'm just kind of getting there. It's because it's. The big hole, the big hole is at two C because Marcheseau and Smith are both solid. Yep. But they're on I think they're on the same caliber as Assad and Burakovsky. But whoever is two C, because right now, you know, is it is it Cody Glass? It was Stasny, so yeah. Kind of a hole and left there. You're you're thinking Cody Glass is gonna come in, he's gonna take that job and they they hope run with it, but until he does, it's a major question mark for them. Yep. And look, their their bottom six is all good and well. You know, Alex Alex Tuck and uh, you it, know the, again Chandler it. Stevenson, William Carrier, Thomas uh, Noshik, and Ryan Reeves. Like they, they they make up a really solid bottom six that does a lot of stuff. I mean, where they find but, their success is by rolling all four lines and just constantly keeping the pressure up, right? Right, and they play they play a very consistent physical brand. But their big thing, um, their big their big thing at forward is that their best players are wings. Yep, that has always been trouble for cup contenders. It has always been trouble. And you know, Ryan O'Reilly as as a cup winning one C. That's all good and well. Um, but Ryan O'Reilly's better than William Carlson is. I mean, look so, at Ryan O'Reilly's a great example of who was the best player on that team. It was Ryan O'Reilly, the center. Had so, a, and and had a career, you know, had career best production that year. Yep. Like no surprise that that was it for them. You know, Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo is going to be an absolute force to be dealt with. That's a problem. It really is. But losing Nate Schmidt 
we've talked about this losing yeah. Nate Schmidt to get Alex Petrangelo, it lessens some of the impact because had they added Petrangelo to Schmidt and Theodore, it's a huge yeah, step forward that, for them. That would be nasty. But instead, it's instead of instead of going, you know, you traded a top pairing defenseman for a top pairing defenseman. You got better, but yeah, you didn't get exponentially better. Right. It's it, it, instead of you know Petrangelo adds alone. Petrangelo and Schmidt would have added three wins to their roster. Petrangelo, but Lou Smith instead. It's they add one and a half wins. Sure, you know that's that's how I'm looking at it. Just it 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 cuts the impact of it in 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 half. So they they're they've got they've got their own set of issues. Um, you know, I think Colorado. I think I think they match up. I, I think they're an interesting matchup, but I think they're both afraid of each other. Yep. I think if you fire up a Vegas podcast and a Vegas centric podcast is looking at the West, they're talking about Colorado the way that we're talking about Vegas. They have the same problem. The, those are the clear cut two best teams out West, and everybody is several steps behind chasing them. Yep, I would agree to that for sure. Um, it, uh, even all the sports book predictions, yada yada yada. Everyone has them as the top two teams in the West. And and this is one time where look like the West, I still think the West is still pretty down. I don't think that there's yeah. a dominant team out west. Um, I think there's the potential for both Colorado and Vegas to run away from whatever divisions they end up in. But I'm you know a, if Colorado and Vegas end up in the same division because they have to do an all Canada division, that's be a dog fight. Yeah, yeah, I think that's gonna be that's gonna be all season long. It's gonna be a, a whale of a matchup, and then after that, it's wide open. Yep. How is St. Louis gonna do with no Petrangelo? You know, Tory Krug helps that, but it's like Tory Krug for Petrangelo is is like the opposite of Schmidt yep. Petrangelo. You're downgrading a win and a half or whatever. Yeah, you're you're mitigating the loss of Petrangelo with a good player in Krug. After that, you have a, a Dallas team that's a year older that in the regular season was struggling down yeah. the stretch. You have Winnipeg who relies heavily on Hellebuck defensively and and didn't really improve their defense significantly over the off season. Yeah, and Nashville is a year older and a year weirder. Yep. Um, they've lost a lot. At this point, Nashville has lost more than they've gained in the offseason. Yep. I still think that's where Mike Hoffman lands, but until until it happens. You, you don't know. know for sure, right? Yeah. But. And, you know, sh- Chicago and Chicago and Nashville, you know, Chicago and Nashville, they may not even end up in the division anymore. We've talked about what division realignment could look like, and it makes the most sense to have those guys go out east. Yep, because they're the they're easternmost teams, and just the way things line up with the Canadian and, division and all that. Yep, and then Colorado gets the California teams, which are all on the downswing right now. Yep. Would you take the California teams to be? Is it worth being with Vegas to take those? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's fine. I think in the in the current divisional alignment, Colorado is a clear cut central division favorite. Yep. But if they end up in a division together with Vegas, they're all it's it's those two. And as long as they don't have the stupid alignment where they do right now, where Vegas and Colorado are gonna get punished for being forced into a one year division together and have to play each other in the second round, then you know. I think uh, I think those two teams that are on their way to a conference final against each other. I think it's easy to look at those two teams and say they're the best. Two conference teams. finals yep. is is for them. So, um, LA LA is the same as Ottawa out east, where it's we'll see what a bunch of young right. players do. We'll see which it's, ones make the team. I'm I mean, not too worried about them yet, though. They're not coming off historically bad seasons, but it's in the in the sense that the same as the Avs were three years ago, where it's like look, we'll believe it when they prove it type of thing. Yeah, They're like, hey, future's bright for those guys feeling like they're going to be a power. Uh, they're going to be a power down the road, but they've got to, they've got to turn into that. They're yeah. not there yet. So Anaheim kind of a, kind of a weird mix of, of young and old guys. They're very much still a wait and see a bounce back year from John Gibson would do wonders for them. 
I think San Jose is really kind of the sleeper out West right now where people are kind of overlooking them uh, because they had such a terrible year and they haven't done anything to fix their goaltending. Devin Dubnik and Martin Jones doesn't inspire any confidence whatsoever, but there's still quite a bit of talent in front of those guys. You remember they had insane injury issues last year that just sort of got swept under the rug because their goaltending was so bad. If the goaltending makes some sort of a miraculous and unexpected turnaround, I think San Jose will be a lot more competitive than we than we believe. Then then people are looking at them right now. I don't I'm not gonna say they're gonna push for a title or anything, but they're they're a team that I don't I wouldn't want to mess with early on in uh in the postseason. I'd let somebody else handle that problem. Yeah. I'm not sure where y'all been. I, I shaved this like a week ago. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a minute now, but we do have to take our first period break and let you guys know about Chevalier Mortgage. Mike and Virginia have been doing this for over 15 years now. You can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com. When you go over there, you can sign up to win a free DNVR shirt or hat and more importantly, get yourself signed up for a free consultation to discuss all of your options. Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt, both Mike and Virginia believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. Again, visit them at dnvrmortgage.com to enter in to win a free shirt or hat from DNVR and get that free consultation to discuss all of your options. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. They are both DNVR subscribers, and if you want to be a DNVR subscriber and help us out, you can now sign up for an annual subscription with code AVS and get yourself a shirt, a mask, and a sticker pack. All with an annual subscription if you sign up with that AVS code right now. Plus, we have the big DNBA, uh, are the Nuggets, rather, are doing their big draft show tonight. So we're expecting them to get uh, quite a few signups. So we need a little bit of help to to keep up with those guys uh, with their big show tonight. So we don't want to get blown past by the Nuggets, guys. So, so help us out a little bit. Use that AVS code. If you're thinking about signing up for a DNBR membership, now is a great time to do it. You can also come hang out with us in the Discord where we have a ton of fun. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Are are we done here? Should we should we move into the topic we were going to talk about today, or do we have anything more to say about the the West? Um, we have all off season to continue to debate the West. So true enough. Let's so get into, let's get into which guys have to have to hit. So we have my prospect pyramid here. Um. Yeah, I put Byram ahead of Newhook. We had that argument. Doesn't matter yeah. for for these for this purposes. Both Byram and Newhook have to hit. Yeah. Period. Yep. How how good do they have to be? Uh, I would say I would say to I'll, I'll rephrase the question. How good do they have to be for Colorado to? We say there's no dominant team out west. How good do they have to be for that for Colorado to become that team? I don't think they have to be great. Um. They have to be very good. Like, don't get me wrong. Byram needs to be a top four D. It's really Byram, especially. Yeah. How good does he need to be? Because with Taves and Gerard, you have two guys who are like rock solid second pairing caliber defenders. Probably aren't. Probably don't want them on your top pairing. With Makar, you're hoping that he's your he's your true like number one. That's your that's your horse, right? The guy that you really lean on. Where does Byram? How how good does Byram need to be for them to really? I mean, if, like if max max this window, if Byram becomes a a true top pairing D, <laughs> they're maxed. If Byram is a legit top four guy, I think that's enough. I think they can dominate the West with that D. Which which one is more important to hit the ceiling of Byram and Newhook? Yeah. I don't think it matters to be honest. I, if if either one of them hit their ceiling, I think the Avs win a cup. I'll put it that way. <laughs> right. 
Really? So you think they're of about equal value at their ceiling? Uh, yeah, I I think they're awfully close. Uh, I, I again, we've gone to this conversation before. I do think Byram holds a little bit more value just because he has the ability to have more impact on an individual game by playing significantly more minutes and potentially providing a role that the Avs have a little bit less of. So if I had to pick, I'd lean Byram. But okay. if you have Alex Newhook scoring 80 points a, a season behind McKinnon, I mean, nobody's stopping that. Fair. I mean, that's that's a Braden point territory. Right. Where right. Steven Stamkos didn't stop Braden point from, from scoring it well. Yeah, exactly. It And the Avs, I, I mean, look. You never know, but if the Avs get league average goaltending and you have Newhook balling out with McKinnon and, and all the other top six guys doing what they do, that team's an easy conference finals team. And yeah, playoffs, injuries, you never know, of course, but on paper, that team is the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. So I I don't think it matters which one hits their ceiling as long as one of them does. The question becomes for me of those two, if neither of them hit their ceiling, but they're both good enough. Is that still good enough for the Avs to, to get the job done? Feels like it. Yeah. I, I, I think so too. I, I do think, especially in this window of the next couple of years where, Byram will be on his ELC. Newhook will be on his ELC. Newhook particularly because there's no chance he plays for the Evs. And well, that's not true. He could burn his contract at the end of the year. But if we assume he doesn't burn his contract, you'll get ELC years of him even after McKinnon is extended. The key years out of guys. If if Newhook is even a, a 50 to 60.2 C, at the end of his ELC, uh, that's insane value for the Avs. Yeah. So looking, looking at that next tier, I think Martin count might've become maybe the most important of those guys. I mean, Andaman is obviously, if he becomes a starting caliber goaltender, that's a home. Run. Yeah. I, you kind of almost have to put goalies in their own category, right? Yeah. Because it's the voodoo there is just a, a guy could do the thing and become an elite goaltender overnight. And okay, he Jordan Bennington's and takes them to a cup. And it's like, well, he was the most important one, it turns out. But for the skaters, yeah, honestly, I, I do think it's Cout. Just as far as immediate impact, it's definitely Cout. But Overall, when you're looking at ceilings, the, again of the skaters, the highest ceilings are probably Timmins and Barron. I would I would agree, but I think that because you do have Gerard, you have Taves, you have Makar, and you have Byram already in place, that if Timmins and Barron don't hit their ceilings, you're still okay. yeah, you're okay with where. It. You know, Bowers, we're not expecting to be a top six forward anyway. So that expectation isn't even on him. Yeah. With Cout, we've always kind of said, yeah, he's probably more of a third line guy. But if they can't sign Brandon Saad, and I'm working on my piece right now about why they probably won't be able to. Yeah. Um, if they can't sign Brandon Saad, I mean, Martin Cout becoming a Brandon Saad esque player. Isn't out of the question where he becomes like your your sixth top six forward, you know, a guy that's solid. He's not not super sexy, and he's not gonna not gonna drown you on the score sheet. But if he gives you, you know, fifteen to twenty goals and forty to forty five points, you're probably happy with that as your sixth forward. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, look, I think part of this is just how much turnover there is when it comes to a forward core, as opposed to the defense, particularly for the Avs. The Avs are set up to drop Ian Cole next at the end of this coming season. And mm-hmm. that's it for the next three years, unless they want to buy out EJ. Yeah. 
So there's just not a whole lot going on there. Meanwhile, on the forward side, they could potentially lose Saad. They could potentially, well, not even, they're probably going to lose Matt Calvert. They're probably going to lose Pierre-Edouard Belmar. All of a sudden, there's these holes in the lineup where it's a lot easier to place a Martin Kaut into. Mm -hmm. And then if he ends up not being an NHLer, it's a borderline disaster. If he ends up not living up to the peak of his ability, well, you know, you deal with that when you get there. But yeah, depending on where he fits in, you know, if he ends up as like a comforish, you know, he gives you 35 points. You're still you're still yeah, okay. that's fine. Right. He gives you 30 to 35 every year. You're like, OK, that's you'll work with that. It's a little disappointing for a first round pick, but. You're 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 at this point, you're trying to figure out exactly what caliber of player he's going to be. And that he that you're still believing in that upside. Hey, he could he could, you know, but he's such a smart player that I think that there is there's untapped offense there, offensive potential. We saw if you if you look at his career and you see, you know, he he played some on some okay part of Beats teams, uh he, you know, with the Eagles, like he produced like hotcakes in the second half of the season when he really found his found his legs and kind of figured it out. This is a guy that has always meshed with the guys that are around him. Yep. Uh, he's not a driving force. He's a complimentary guy that just fits into the style of play of the guys he plays with. Yep. When he went to WJC's and he played on that top line for the Czech Republic, you know, with uh, Zadina and Neches. He was lights out. Yep. So what if you get that guy on a, on a line next to Burakovsky and Newhook? He's the exact type of guy that you look at it and you say, let's try him with offensive talent and see what happens. Exactly. Well, he's such a smart player and he's such a do everything kind of guy, a jack of all trades type. And he's such an underrated passer that I think that there's a chance. I don't think it's a great chance, but I think it's a chance. There is a chance that, you put him with top six talent, he flourishes as a top six player. You put him on your third line, he's not going to take off and outperform those guys. He's just going to fit right in. Yep. And so I think I think it will require a leap of faith to give him a bigger opportunity. But I think he is such a key for this next wave of prospects. He is because he, if he makes a guy like Saad expendable, not really expendable because it's not the right word, but if, if they lose sod after one year, first of all, you're fine. That's still a good trade. You're happy with it. Assuming sod has a, a solid year. If he totally face plants, then that sucks. Then he gone. Yeah. And he walks and you're just like, well, didn't lose a whole lot that you, you didn't give up very much anyway. I, I mean, I think I think you're onto something, right? He's the one who's going to define the path of the future, certainly for the forwards. When you look at what they have, I mean, it, Alex Newhook, Bowen Byram, guys like Kale McCarr in the past, even guys like Rant and Jost are guys that the minute you draft them, you 100%, 100% expect NHLers out of. Yeah, you mostly expect that out of Cout as well, but you're starting to drift into that second half of the first round where there's more to develop out of a player, and the path Cout takes is one that some guys deeper on this list can follow. You, yeah, but I mean, it sets up. It sets up where. Where where Cout ultimately lands will, of course, be in part determined by him and some of his circumstances, but some of the guys behind him are guys that we would say have higher higher offensive potential. Yeah. You know, if, to be honest, if any of Foodie, Bocage, or who's the one that I'm forgetting here? Uh, Ranta. Yeah, if any of Foodie, Bocage, or Ranta absolutely like hit their hit their ceilings, yep, 
they're they're potential second line players too. Yeah, definitely. You could you could see all of those guys, but Bokaj and Ranta especially. You could see those those guys as twenty goal scores. Yep. Uh, Foodie, I have a lot harder time seeing that because I don't think his shot's very good. But he's such a good playmaker that he could be a forty-five a 50, point player. Yeah. yeah, he could be a fifteen. <laughs> he could be a fifteen thirty guy pretty easily. Kerfoot esque. Yeah, and and the you know the the Ranta Bocage Foodie. Uh, I think you have Ambrosio there. I you'd probably have Rolston there or whoever. Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm fine with that because look, dude, if 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 he maxes out, if Ambrosio maxes out, right, that you he, you're gonna have a really really good player on your hands. It's a he's, it's, how does he's he get kinda, there? Is the question. <laughs> yeah, Ambrosio Ambrosio is kind of unique in Colorado system. Well, I guess there's Tyler Weiss too. Yeah, but those guys are those guys are kind of unique because they're kind of. Colorado's Johnny Gaudreau attempt. Yeah, right. Like we're 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 gonna get the smaller guy that's got some serious skill, and we're just gonna hope that this guy turns into something. Maybe he learns how to play against bigger dudes. Yeah, you know, four years in college, and hope that this guy turns into a player for us. Yep. Uh, so those are those are where they are. Like if they if they don't get NHLers out of those guys, it sucks. I, but it's okay. I do want to continue this conversation. We do have to take our second period break, though, with DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there, bringing back this week their amazing offer, probably the best offer I've seen them have, where you can get up to $1,000 when you sign up with a new account using code DNVR. So jump on it right now. Get on it this week while you can so you can bet on football this weekend, or you can bet on literally anything. StarCraft, you want to bet on it? Absolutely. You want to bet on all sorts of ridiculous stuff. You can bet on like every point live of table you, tennis matches. You should not bet on StarCraft again because you went with your Zerg. Yeah, I know. And that and did it, not it did go not well work. for you. It did not work at all. So uh, bet on the nasty, dirty Terran instead of uh, the Zerg. But, you know, that's fine. You can go that way if you want. I understand. You're trying to make money, not, not rep. But you said me. You're trying to make money, not rap. <laughs> yeah. That should be the DraftKings motto. <laughs> There you go. Perfect. Uh, use that DNVR code, though, and you get up to $1,000 free dollars to play with. So maybe you can even afford to bet on some Zergs then at that point. Uh, it's for a limited time only. Got to be a new account. So so be sure to jump on it if you haven't signed up yet. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match. Deposit bonus requires 25x to play through. See restrictions at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And, of course, we also have Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed lives. It's been known to help with many different aches and pains, including anxiety, IBS, joint pain, many other things as well. You can get that down at the DNVR bar, cold brewed and everything. So the bar, yeah, do that before Friday if you want to do that. <laughs> um, I'm sad. I'm sad. I won't be there for the foreseeable. I don't know when the next time I'll be able to be uh, at the bar. Yeah, is. me either. It's it's really unfortunate, but that's the way things go. Um, you know, hopefully it'll all still be there whenever things are. Better. It's a depressing thought. Let's yeah. move on. Moving on. Go buy Strava Craft Coffee to to keep your thoughts positive instead. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Moving on to, I mean, look, all right. So the first three tiers of this list, you're expecting NHL games out of every single one of those guys. I think um, that's a fair assessment. Do, does it turn out that, you know, they may not make it? Sure. But NHL games. Okay. I'm with you. That fourth tier is where you get into this conversation of. <clears throat> you're not going to be disappointed if some or even a lot of these guys don't make it, but you can't miss on all of them. Yeah. That's, that's the fear, right? Yep. Uh, when we talk about Colorado and development and all this is that they get zero games out of basically this tier and everyone below that yep. maybe not zero games, but they get zero legit NHL players. Yeah. Or they give up on a guy before 
they have a chance, you know, for sure. Of course, depending on what the deal is, maybe you're happy with that, but this is, this is one where we're not looking at this tier and saying, boy, there's a lot of long shots here. Adam, Adam Werner has essentially an NHL shutout under his belt. Yep. Thanks Jets. <laughs> you know, like yeah. some of the, like Sasha Mutala has been a one man army in the WHL for two years. Drew Hellison is learning to play the role that he's going to play in the NHL on a stacked BC team. Yep. You know, Ranta, Foodie, Bocage, and Ambrosio, we've talked a ton about. It, the defining factor for me for this tier was there's an NHL skill in all of these players. Ranta with the physical ability, Hellison with the defense. Werner's already played mm-hmm. an NHL game. Mutala with the the well-rounded ability. Foodie and Ambrosio with the skating. Bocage with the shot. You have and not included in this tier because I missed it when I made this graphic. Uh, Nikolai Kovalenko as well. Yeah, arguably could even be at the bottom of tier three. I I would I would have Kovalenko probably on this on this tier. Um, because you're totally expecting this this guy to give you some sort of NHL game. He's already got such an advanced game. Yep. The the question will be, as it is with several of these other guys, you know, Bowers, Kout, Timmons. Yep. Uh, how good will he be? Exactly. How how far can he push it? And it, when you have that many bullets in the chamber of NHL skills, yeah. You can't whiff on them all. Some of them are going to get to the AHL level and they're just not going to have it. And that I understand, but some of them will have it and you have to make hay where you can. Yeah. You have to put those guys into positions to succeed too. You can't put them all in bottom six, bottom four job, you know, bottom pairing jobs Yep. and say, impress me, earn more. You know, some of those, especially because they're all going to be there kind of the same time. You know, Bocage is next year, man. Next fall, we're talking about Alex Bocage as an Eagle. The 21-22 Eagles are realistically going to have an influx of six or seven prospects. We've we've done the math. There could be anywhere from realistically from six to ten prospects. Yep. Yep. And that's not counting any outside long shots that we're discounting, you know? Sure. Look, if Trent Minor... If there's a WHL a season, season, yeah, and Trent Minor gets a contract, like that dude, guess where he if goes? If we scores 25 goals this year or something stupid, like things Wait, can if, happen. If, if Nick Lieberman continues to play the way that he has, like that's yep. a sneaky, especially because defense, they're so weak back there. Yep. That's a sneaky candidate for a contract. For sure. And that's one thing where, you know, they've left themselves open. Uh, organizationally, they've left themselves open to sign all those guys that they want. However, however many guys they want. Right now, they've got 42 contracts signed. Yep. And all but, I think their entire AHL defense next year is expiring, and almost the entire forward core is as well. Yeah, the contract space is just a non-issue, really. For the yeah, right so now. they can they can make the decisions to do. They're, honestly, the only spot where they're kind of they're going to have a logjam would be if Trent Miner has a great year. They may not have space for him. May not have a goalie uh, because well, they gave Miska the two year deal. They've still got Werner there if he has a good year. Annan is coming over next year. And, they and, just may not have space for Trent Miner. And and even then, a goalie in the ECHL is mostly fine. Yeah, you'd be fine with that. So that's the one position that regularly guys go to the ECHL and, and turn into NHL it. players. Yeah, for sure. Also, the only position ever to have an SPHLer make it to the NHL. Fun fact. Who was it? Who was it? Scott Darling. The long shot of long shots. I should have yeah. known. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, that's where, and and this is, the reason we should be point out that this section of tier four and below is so important is because this is where the abs have failed to develop players. Yeah. Uh, this is where they've spent money. We're talking about 
uh, we're talking about uh, Belmar and Calvert coming off the books. Nieto just came off of the books. Yep. Um, you know, Val Nachushkin's got two and a half million over the next two years to prove that he's for real. Yep. You know, they, this is this is money that they're spending. This is all bottom six money. JT Comfer, Jonas Donskoy right now are no longer like borderline top, you know, middle six guys. They're hard bottom six guys until injuries strike. That's a, that's a significant amount of money going into their bottom six still um, between all those cats. And this is where the influx of VLCs, especially with the flat cap, this influx of VLCs is going to be huge. Yep. You know, I've been doing, I've been tinkering with the roster projections for the next couple of years, the last few days. And the ELCs are, are massive. You know, you, you lose a guy's two fast forward two years Val Nachushkin, two and a half million. He comes off your books. He's been good. You'd love to re-sign him. Free agency has kind of returned to normal, and these guys are getting real contracts. He's going to get three, four million dollars from somebody. He's going to get a significant raise. You hate to lose him, but you do it because bam, that's you know, two and a half million, that's three ELCs. Yep. I I think that you brought up that point, even in at the end of this coming season with the expansion draft, realistically, the abs are going to lose someone most likely that costs at least $2 million. Yeah. The, the reality of it is, is, is unless it's Tyson Jost. Yep. Whoever they select is going to be a multi-million dollar player, yeah, potentially up to nearly $4 million in cost, depending on who they take. Yeah. And, you replace that. It, let's let's say it's Donskoy at three point nine million. You replace him with an ELC, and that's a net of three million dollars the Evs have to play with in a flat cap situation. That's a massive amount of money. Yeah, that's enough money to. I mean, that gets you halfway to re-signing Brandon Sod. Yep. If you want, just if that's something you wanted to do, that you're halfway there. Yep. No, not knowing what his next contract is going to look like. It's going to be hard for him to ask for $6 million, I think. <laughs> yeah, unless the NHL goes, hey, by the way, the cap's going way up. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it, it, and some of this is going to depend on the year that he had, but the fact that Mike Hoffman right now is out there. Unsigned. <laughs> yeah, unsigned right now. I'm, this, is, this will be a little misleading because teams will get extra breathing room next year. One, they tighten the belt this year. Yep. That pays off next year. And then two, the expansion draft will alleviate them of somebody. Yep. Some contract is coming off their books. Now, the bad teams will probably lose AHL players that they don't care about. Bad teams shouldn't be too worried about cap mm-hmm. either. At this I, I was reminded the other day that Griffin Reinhardt was selected in the <laughs> in the expansion draft last time around. Like there will be there will be guys that end up on AHL teams picked in that, but they should not. Colorado is one of those teams where it's like they're going to get somebody good. Yep. Why would you Why would you take Logan O'Connor from them? Yeah. When you can get a bona fide third liner. Yeah, or, you can get a Don score. You can get a Comfort. You can hell, get a you Graves. Get a whatever. Jost. Yeah. So, bona fide NHLers. Anyway. Yeah, that's the point, and then. Them, the 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 conversation today is just they've got to find a way to turn that middle of the pier, pyramid, that midsection sections three and four, those tier they've got to turn they've got to turn those guys into bottom six players minimum. Yep. I mean, I think it's just the reality. It, it, the NHL has built themselves to value ELCs incredibly. And that was before COVID and now well before COVID. And now it's more than ever. And the, a conversation actually this, this goes a little bit further back, but when the NHL was starting to, to pick up talks about the new CBA, the main argument was escrow. We have episodes way back that talk about that. But the one thing that everyone was comfortable with was how the ELC system functioned. There was no, no call to change it. So both players and owners seem to be perfectly happy with this system as is. 
Yeah, I think it's interesting the players are as okay with it as they are. Um, I also think that there's some of, you know, we saw the NFL had the reverse of it. Yeah. Where first-round draft picks were getting... You know, I remember yeah. Sam Bradford was drafted first overall, never played an, an NFL game, and he made $50 million. Yep. And it was like career backups are like get drafted in like the sixth bang. round, <laughs> barely, barely make the team, and they were scraping through, and they're like, I'm not gonna make 50 million in my career. Right. And I've been I've been scrounging through as Just a backup. Trying to make a living on the practice squad out here. Right. <laughs> right. And this guy, this guy's never played a game and he got 50 million. So the yeah. NFL, the NFL followed the suit of all the other sports where they have a slotting system. The NHL does not have a slotting system. Yep. But there's there's kind of a hierarchy where it's like, uh, you know, if you're not first overall, you're not getting I mean there's the there's like an unwritten slotting system of the contract that like one through ten always seem to get. Right. But even even if you look at where Colorado's given out ELCs in the last couple of years, you look at McCarr and Rantanen. ELCs were almost identical. Yeah. And there were six spots between them, you know? Well, and, and I mean, that's another unique situation with the NHL where you draft the guy and you can have his rights in some cases indefinitely. Yeah. Well, if they're playing in a Russian league, you yeah. own them forever. Yeah. You don't have to sign them to a contract immediately. Mm-hmm. So, it it creates unique situations where maybe you draft a guy in the third round that goes to the NCAA and after two years, he's destroyed it and you have to give him a bigger ELC because of that. Yeah. Instead of, instead of the, you know, the middle round, like you look at Josh Anderson's ELC where he makes 765 K. Right. You know, now you're talking 925 K because you need to get that guy to sign. You know, but this is actually a thing that Chicago has done over and over and over and over and over that actually got them in trouble. Yeah. Uh, because Panarin ended up hitting all the bonuses and they had a bunch of overages that led to um, cap problems for them. Patrick because Kane they had magically it being injured until the playoffs. <laughs> you know, right. right. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, that's the, the ELCs, you know, Chicago always gives out these 925k max ELCs with max performance bonuses. It's like a thing that they do that it's one of the few things that, that a team can do in that system to, to entice players. But anyway, neither here nor there. Indeed. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess we're kind of wrapping up the show here. When you look at a, a tier list, a, a prospect pyramid like this, the Avs are in a situation where there are expectations, I'll say, in the entire first half, the f- top half of this pyramid. Now, those are varied. Byram and Newhook, obviously, expectations are sky high. Yeah. Tier four you don't have you're not asking the world of these guys but you are asking to see NHL hockey out of them yeah i think the only guy on there where it's like if he doesn't make it positionally you're like eh, probably don't miss anything here is hellison yep just because timmins baron and byram are all in front of him right realistically and- there's even if he does make it there may not be a hole for him to fill yeah, and that doesn't that doesn't even include the defenseman that they draft in the first round next year, right? As it's the only thing they're allowed to do. That's now. Right. <laughs> well, they're no longer adding forwards to the to in the first round. It's just, they're just gonna they've decided they want to keep the defensive pipeline going indefinitely. I mean, it wouldn't be the first defenseman they pick with pick thirty two. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Good history. <laughs> True enough. Um, all right. I guess we're going to get out of here on that note. You can drink a Breckenridge brew to relax a little bit for the rest of your day. They have dozens of flavors. You can get those down at the bar for the next couple days as well, or go to your local liquor store. Use the Breck beer locator online to find Breck brew near you. 
thank you everyone for uh, watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We appreciate it very much. We are about half full on our fantasy draft. We still need at least 15, 16 more people to jump in on it. So if you're interested, if you want to do a bit of a fantasy draft with the DNVR squad, uh, DM me, preferably on Discord or Twitter, wherever works for you, though, uh, with your email address. And we'll we'll keep you posted on everything coming up. Yeah, we have um, we got 16, if you include myself. We have 17 GMs right now. Yep. 17 right now, maybe 18 if Evan does it with us. Yeah, Evan was a maybe, so we'll see. Um, but Still there's also so plenty of space, and there's a good chance some people won't be able to make the time we ultimately set it for. So if y'all yeah. wanna you wanna do it, come be part of it. Appreciate you hanging out, Steph. Uh, yeah, that's the end of the I, show. I think uh, next Sunday, the 29th, I think is when we were looking at doing it. Yeah, there you go. So after spending Thanksgiving inside alone. You can come hang out with us and draft hockey players. That's right. Fake teams, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, on that note, one final thing. Go watch the NBA draft show from us tonight. It's going to be a yes. super big production. Put a lot of work into that. The whole the whole company did. So would appreciate y'all tuning in. Other than that, link to the Discord. You got to be a subscriber to DNVR for that. Um, yep, that's the uh, that's the DMVR lounge. It's one of the one of the perks of subscribing. Yep. So you can jump on that if you do end up subscribing. But we do got to get out of here. Thank you, everyone, once again, and we will catch y'all tomorrow.